0: Hello, you're listening to a podcast of the best bits of Breakfasters for the week ending Friday, the 6th of May. We are on Triple I every weekday morning from 6 till 9am, broadcast live from Melbourne, Australia. Coming up on the podcast this week, we were visited by Daniel and Luke Mancuso, who were telling us about the beautiful story behind their new cookbook, Yaya Next Door, and Drew Weston came in to talk about Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical, and tried to get us to be sexy in some way.
1: <laughs> Buying donuts at the big market, you can't beat them. Uh, Diggy goes through the top five autumn colours and Lucy Gransbury was in to talk about her cabaret show Extraordinary.
2: Simone Ubaldi joined us to rave about the new film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, we also workshop sicky excuses and with the weather turning, uh, we admire the commitment to training out in the cold. RRR. I
1: was driving past a few different sporting fields last night. Just saw so many people out there training for whatever sport it was, whether it be footy or soccer and, God, the dedication when it's misty and it's freezing. Mm. Like I I used to do it and, wow, I'm just so proud of myself mm. for going out there because now I'm just like I was driving past in my car with the heater on I was still freezing just looking at them I mean you're you're still playing footy at the yeah, moment yeah I
0: usually train on Thursday nights actually but last yeah. night I went to the place I couldn't oh yes. place I couldn't um but yeah and it is it's you know you at the start of the season it's, it's still daylight saving it's warm and you think oh this is great this is so much fun what a lovely thing to do and then it gets colder and darker and when you're in the depths of like July it's yeah more, oh it's so hard but oh. then you get there and it's it's fun. You run around and it's it's always a good thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Just like
1: getting out of bed, I guess. As soon as you get up and you get get upset yeah. and stuff, it's not too bad. Um, when is baseball season? Because you played baseball, didn't you? Oh
2: Yeah. I, I was just thinking about baseball. But, I mean, look, baseball's in the winter.
1: It is. It's a winter sport as well, yeah.
2: And the outfits that they give you are... <laughs> Awful, or, like it's like the fabric is designed in a lab to make you cold. Yeah, it's like stretchy, but it like it's thin and it like just traps in the cold or something. And it and it, it it's so uh, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> That's right, we don't have to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, baseball it's very tight fitting white pants. Yeah, uh, and a, a weird rustly vest. <laughs> Like, it's just, you couldn't have designed a worse uniform for the cold.
1: So do you train in that as well, I guess?
2: Not in a uniform. Okay. Uh, And I I presume, I think juniors, is it just, it's only occurred to me now, all junior sport is super early to get them out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to clear the grounds for the adults who get to yes. sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Except for the ones with
2: children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, the mist and the the, the fog and, uh, you know, and and then the the coaches that have to give you, like, l- lollies, like, to give you energy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, we had that as well. It's rough. I remember, I remember so many netball, mornings doing netball, playing netball and that smack of the ball on your cold hands. Uh, oh. oh. So you can't chess mark a netball, really. Like it's, you know, you really gotta you got to have your hands it. out there. Yeah, oh. I know.
1: That's the thing. Uh, when, you get a, when you've got a ball coming at you, whether it be a footy or a netball, when it's cold, oh. and, but then you see the players wear the gloves and you're like, oh, harden up. Yeah. But they're the smart ones.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's such a hack. I didn't know you could do that. Man. I
1: know. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do, you, you know, oh, sorry, just going back to the cold as well, I used to run on the boundary for my brother's footy team and he used to play in the Maryborough Castle, Maine district football netball competition and it would be snowing. Like it (gasps) was, so like you'd run out there and like you just don't get a chance to warm up. Mm. It's just like this is it. This is your life for the next couple of hours.
0: You <laughs> Suck will it up. never be warm.
1: No. But i tell you what one of the fun things are about football, once you do actually get going playing and winning and camaraderie, uh, footy club functions, mm. bit of fun. Uh, so my women's football club have been playing for the last couple of weeks now, had some grading games, and now uh, in over the next month they'll start to have um, some footy club functions. Uh such money makers, some of these things. like, And we're not talking casino nights, um, but um, we, we do this thing, a reverse raffle, which is where you buy a $25 ticket or $50 ticket, whatever it is, uh, and the price is $1,000. And so they pull the tickets out in reverse and the last tickets there standing oh, wins oh. all the money. Have you no. heard of this? that's
0: cool. I've never
1: heard of that. Oh, bit yeah. bit suspense?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, completely. Don't pull mine
1: out. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So um, oh, I'm... The last couple, because I have hosted a few of these events, there's like, oh, God, they sell 250 tickets of people. No one is listening for the first bit. No. But there's games in between that keep people entertained because it's quite a long night going mm. through all these tickets. But they have the, um, like, the dollar vodka game where they put a, a bottle of vodka on the dance floor, like, up the front of the room, and then a line, I don't know, 10 metres away, and you have to... Um, have a shot with the dollar coin and try and get it closest to the bottle of vodka or bottle of bourbon or whatever it is um and you'll play this with music in the background and commentary over the top with a microphone (laughs) for 20 minutes and yeah. the people just, everyone just gets so competitive mm. and they make so much money.
2: Yeah, it's like <laughs> a trashy lawn bowls yeah. because it's like closest to the gym. Beam exactly. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is. I know, it really is. But then, you know, it gets quite sad. I've seen those sorts of games and, you know, you let's say you have three goes, which in my opinion would be enormous. Yeah. Uh, and some people just cannot <laughs> give up. And yeah. so they end up yeah. spending more to play to win this free vodka or whatever because they're throwing a dollar and the club or whoever keeps the
0: dollar. They could have just gone and bought a bottle. They could have bought a bottle of vodka. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Absolutely. So many people could do that, but they do. Everyone just gets competitive and they they just keep paying. Um, Another thing that we do is this thing called Unlock the Grog. Um, So everyone has a a group... Um, that brings some some alcohol. So me and three teammates, we might have a slab of beer. Someone might bring a bottle of vodka, this, that or whatever. And that's all donated. So that all just goes to this unlock the grog and then it's all locked up. Uh, and they have a lock and you buy a key. And only one key opens up the grog. Um, but that will sell 50 keys and they're 20 bucks each mm. kind of thing. Uh, and then everyone will come... <laughs> and try and unlock it. And if you unlock it, then you win all the Grog and then you have to have the after party after that. Oh, (laughs) of course, the pressure. (laughs) Um, But I remember this one year, uh, people were coming, uh, I was hosting it and someone, uh, as players were coming up, they were just putting the key in themselves and then if they weren't getting it, they were throwing the key, like throwing their key away or just cracking it, whatever. And I said to the person that was down there, I'm like, I think you need to take the key and insert it because these people are drunk and they're not putting the keys in properly. Like you need to... uh, Because we've got quite a few people that have thrown their keys Mm. out. Uh, Anyway, it's no one got it because someone had tried to get it. So everyone had to go find their keys. It was the longest. Really? We didn't end up getting it, but it was someone who threw their key away. <gasps> <laughs> like, so, cool. like getting
2: a lotto ticket and then not checking the numbers correctly. Yeah. She's yeah. half
1: put the key in, then pulled it out and said, ah, oh, this sucks.
2: And topped, like <laughs> littered it like and, in yeah. fury. Yeah, so then oh. everyone
1: was
0: not deserve to win. She did not. Attitude.
1: You're yeah. right. She did not. No. Um, but it's the thing with these functions as well. If you win that unlock the grog, then you, like I said, you have to have the after party. If you Win the reverse raffle, which is like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. You have to shout everyone at the bar. Pretty much, ev- anyone who wins loses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I lose my thousand dollars. What if I don't want any more
2: drinks? Oh i right? my-
1: <laughs> I've never known someone to win the thousand dollars and walk out. Can I ask
2: what is what is the definition of a pie night?
0: Oh, Megahertz has a pie night. Yeah. What's a pie night? What's, what constitutes a pie night? Is it just the eating of pies? Yeah, well, this was a term thrown around when I, when I first started playing Megahertz. It's like, oh, and then it's our pie night. And I was like, oh, um, yeah, cool. Like, I know what that is. <laughs> um, and we would have it at Record Paradise. Yeah. Um, and I remember I remember one or both times it would be, it just for whatever reason, it would be freezing because the store was usually closed. It's the middle of winter. You go there, for your, you'll huddle around, and then they serve pies, little, like, they serve pies. Pies, yeah. <laughs> which is great to start with. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a bit of a get together, you have a few drinks, and then you talk tactics. So uh, there was a board, and it was like, you know, this is where you'll be, and we want to move. This okay. Oh. oh, and I think it's also maybe you get your jumpers.
2: All right. So, pie night is a catchphrase. To denote some initiation or yeah, like some a, administrative duties like to do opening, with the team, like
0: a season opening, maybe. Got That's it. my experience.
1: On oh it. right, so you distract them with the pies, bring them in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring right them in, in and, the and then we'll,
2: <laughs>
0: you're going to be on the bench. Thanks. Here's yeah, a pie. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just
2: quickly uh, f- talking about being cold. Uh, is it when you jar when you swing a oh. bat? Oh, okay, oh, yeah. so if it's like, f- f- let's say six degrees at six fifty-five a.m. Mm-hmm. and you're playing baseball and you. And you you, the someone throws it, and you it doesn't hit right on the bat, oh. and then it reverberates up the metal oh, bat yeah. through A your freeze, yeah, yeah, through your freezing body with your stupid little tight white <laughs> pants and your horrible little crinkly vest and your stupid, like, heavy loose helmet. And you think, I cannot wait to grow up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You turn to the stands and no one's there <laughs> like you. <laughs> Independently yours. Triple R. 102.7.
2: When our next guests, Daniel and Luke Mancuso, lost their beloved mother, Teresa, to domestic violence, the Greek grandmother next door started looking after them, passing home-cooked meals over the fence. Now, recipes from Yaya's kitchen and the story of one woman's act of kindness has been immortalised in the new book, Yaya Next Door. And to tell us about it, the brothers join us now. Daniel and Luke, welcome to Breakfasters. Good
3: morning. Thanks for having us. It's, Thanks, guys. It's
2: our pleasure. Um, I mean, it's must have... This has gone pretty wild. Your lives have changed a lot, haven't they?
4: Uh, yeah, I guess just a bit more time management for us. Yes. But um, the food's still coming over the fence and, um, yeah, it's changed in obviously a positive way because we get so much love and support from, from our Yaya Nextall community. So.
2: Yeah. Um, so you came to public attention, I suppose, in 2020, uh, Instagram and then The Age wrote a feature and that went viral. But that's where the story starts for us. Where does this story start in your mind for you?
4: Uh, pretty much, yeah, unfortunately, when mum passed away, um, you know, that's when sort of it came out and everyone sort of uh, heard about it on the news, um, which is not, you know, ideal when you see yourself on, on the TV for that, for those circumstances. So we were sort of in the media at, right at the start and it was pretty daunting and um, a bit overwhelming as well too, you know, having people shove microphones in your face and asking about what happened and you're just trying to deal with the grief and, and sort of move forward and not really want to give too much because you know it might affect the case or the evidence and stuff like that so yeah unfortunately it was yeah back when mum passed away
2: Mm -hmm. and uh what has been like when did you sense that you're on the crest of something that the public needed in their hearts does that make sense
3: yeah well it's funny enough i just started posting on my own personal instagram channels and a lot of friends and family just commented saying this is hilarious this is amazing you know you got to create a page and then funny enough i did and then uh yeah not long after i got a bit of traction through martha from maths uh who at the time i didn't know who it was because i didn't follow the uh, the show um yeah and then she shared it and she's obviously got a big greek community so it just blew up from there and we saw it was only a few hundred followers to then couple of thousand and then obviously the age article come out and and then from there it just really blossomed.
0: yeah and and how long so how long has Yayo been cooking for you
3: pretty much since we moved in yeah yeah wow. so, so it's S- been yeah since <laughs> 2015 i'm we moved into the house it was just before i went away to europe um and we were living at with my auntie at the time so we just the house was vacant we were living with so many people my auntie's house like a brady bunch house and uh myself and luke were early 20s sharing a room for the first time ever so it was very challenging so we just needed our own space and like i said it was very hard at the start but like we had a beautiful neighbor next door to look after us so pretty blessed the
2: uh, the front cover has you two receiving food over the fence um is there any how come is that just for optics could they? Yeah, yeah, maybe walk around the front. <laughs> uh,
4: no, she's always just yeah over the fence, um, and it's funny because we always get people saying, "Oh, you need to put in a latch or something to make it easier for her," but she doesn't want to wreck the fence. I guess. <laughs>
5: um, money.
4: Yeah, yeah but um, you know, she's it's it's not a struggle for her. Like she's got a good reach, so. You yeah. know, and her postures th- in order and she's got, you know yeah, She's she um
0: works. maintained a sense of anonymity as well Her face is never shown, we don't know her name Is that by request? Like yeah,
4: that's all That's all her doing Just from the start, she was always just like Not my face, not my face so. <laughs>
3: But it's kind of worked in our favour Because we really want to like showcase You know, that anyone could be this person next door Whether it's, you know, a yaw, male, female or a couple um, You know, if you just get to know your neighbour um, great things could potentially happen so yeah
2: what about more broadly australia's uh attitude to relationships with the elderly it's pretty i would argue pretty atrocious
4: yeah i feel like it's probably a, a not a lost not, lost art's probably not the right word but it's definitely lost in terms of um that connection because uh, obviously everyone's you know connecting through their phone and social media and you kind of, you know, forget about, you know, the people that sort of brought up your parents and, and brought you up when you were little. So we're trying to really bring that back. Because um, we've, we've always been close, you know, Italian family on my mum's side. So not enough for us is everything like just last night, I took it to the pokies and I had, a, I had a great time. Like, she was there, she was playing pokies, I had a beer, I caught up with a friend. It's like, yeah, so we're just really trying to drive the message, um, obviously connect with your neighbours, but obviously to look after the people that are most vulnerable. And I think we showed that um, more than ever during COVID as well too because we had to look after the older generation. So, yeah, just trying to bring that back. And, um, you know, it, some of the most cherished memories we have is with our grandmother and with our grandfather. So, you don't. it's unfortunate, you know, you don't get a long time sled with 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 your um, grandparents, so enjoy it while it's here, because when mm-hmm. it's gone, it's something you'll, you know, take for granted that you, if you didn't spend enough time.
1: Do you two enjoy cooking as well? Do you, uh, I guess, take turns and give your ya some of your delicious food?
3: Yeah, we, we definitely try and provide her with our At- Italian cuisine, so she's a big fan of the homemade salamis. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. We always definitely give her a few when we, ma- we make them, and she loves the, the pasta dishes too, so. It's good because we can share both
4: cultures. But now we got her recipes, so we can yeah we can give it back. Like the other night, me and my girlfriend made um the Greek donuts, for oh. her and um we gave them to her the other night, and she's like, oh, they're beautiful, beautiful. And then the next day, I went there um, to cut the grass, and I was like, how were they? She's like oh, something was missing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, it's your recipes. She's like, no, nah, the, the dough or something. I'm like, oh, that's that's because it's not your hands.
0: She's a harsh critic. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, <laughs> I guess,
4: yeah, honest. And I mean, it's it's EAR, so you can't really fault her. Yeah. yeah she's do a master.
0: Do you feel at all um, tied to that house now? I just, you know, one day you might want to move out or go travelling or move away. And do you feel now that, that that's where you want to stay because of this connection uh
4: yeah i definitely feel like there's a tie into the house obviously because you know it's our grandmother, it's our nonna's house as well too it's the house our mum grew up in and uh, me and daniel have been living together now there for about eight years and his girlfriend just moved in so there's definitely a tie in there also too i've you know i've had that thought you know because you know we're getting into our 30s now and it's like okay you know sometimes change is good Mm. i feel like um so you know it's one of those things where it's we've got it so good where we are and we enjoy, enjoy the space there. Like we've got a big backyard and we've got the two dogs running around the backyard. So it's definitely like, you know, a thought of like, oh, shit, do we move or do we stay? But um, I think in the end, we're always going to have a tie into that house. Mm-hmm. And the relationship with you is never going to go away if we were to move. So
1: are you enjoying the positive publicity that you uh, two are receiving now? Obviously, you're doing quite a bit now that the book's come out as well. Uh, are people recognising you on the streets?
3: Oh, well, I haven't really been out to enjoy it just much because I was a bit sick last week, so unfortunately I haven't been out, but I've uh, yeah, just blown away with the response and the support and the love with with everyone, not just with the radios and all the other media attention, but just people supporting the book, and it's yeah, it's been crazy first week to say the least, that's for sure.
4: Yeah, there's been a couple of times I've been out and um, people have come up to me, and said, um, you know, do you have a Greek neighbour? And I'm like, yeah. right. <laughs> but it, it's, it's 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 for me it's different because Daniel obviously wo- Daniel works from home and I'm a barber so you know I see a lot of people throughout yeah. the whole day so sometimes you know people will get a few trigger words like oh like where do you live? I'm like oh, I live you know in Reservoir and it's like oh, I live with my brother. It's like they piece it together. Yeah, and they're <laughs> yeah. just like. Do you have an Instagram page? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right.
0: What colour's your fence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mon dipped into this, didn't you? Yeah, last night I cooked one of the recipes from the book. Oh, really? Yeah, Which one the Avgole lemona the soup, the Avgole lemona oh, Is that how yes. you pronounce it? How did you find it? I loved it. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful book as well. and um, yeah. and um, But I did find, um, I imagine Yaya doesn't really have many written recipes because some of the recipes are very basic and I'm like, there's more in it. And that like some of those like one of the recipes i was like i bet that she puts in little secret ingredients that she's holding on to <laughs>
4: no nah, it's just some like the simple stuff is is as is um because there was a process at the start where i would go there this is the early stage of the cookbook i'd go there um on my days off and, and cook with her and she didn't even have measuring cups so you can imagine like <laughs> mm. the frustration of like her cooking something and i'm like no nah, you got to do it so we have to get her measuring cups and then I would just sort of hover over her shoulder and make sure she was doing, you know, everything that was measured and stuff like that. And then she would make it all and then at the end she'd be like, oh, it doesn't taste the same. And I'm like, shit, (laughs) (laughs) what have I done? But we worked out a system where she'd make like a dummy dish to the side and then I would measure, um, you know, all the measurements and make sure it's all fine. So everything's as good as we can get it. Yeah. Um, But it's one of those things where now she can cherish, her family can cherish this because... They don't have their recipes mm. written down, and it's yeah. not often that you get your own recipe book published. Yeah. <coughs> excuse me, as well too. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's turned out, you know, way better than we expected, and I guess we didn't really have any expect expectations because we've never written a cookbook before. <laughs> yeah. so.
2: is it amongst the mags or whatever at the barbers? Sorry, mate. Do you have the book? You know, if you're
4: waiting oh, for a haircut, <laughs> Uh I'll s I I might put it on my, on my table, yeah, because um, we kind of got like a desk set up where everyone's got their own station, um, but it's also to, might sound a bit silly, but um, at times I probably don't bring it up often because it's one of those things where like my regular clients probably kn- they know the story, because yeah. I was, I was uh, either following the page or they know me quite well. But it's not often like you know I'll get a new person coming in and they'll be like oh like anything new exciting happen in your life, Right. <laughs> and I it's it's one of those things where it's I don't want to say oh I just released a cookbook with my brother. <laughs> And then they'll be, like, scratching their head and I have to kind of give them the backstory about mum. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this is someone I've just met for the first time. So I can understand it might be a bit, you know, a bit full on. Yeah. And also, too, I just... It's a good separation for me because obviously we talk about, you know, a lot of this stuff and it's quite personal. And then I can come in the shop and just talk about... Random stuff totally, and just yeah. have a bit of a banter. So yeah. I might put it on there, I might not. But it's definitely one of those things where I do want to put it on my station because I'm very proud. Yeah. of What we've made.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, have you have you observed your? I mean, you've created this social enterprise now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Next door, and have you observed it light a spark in others? Like this message of kindness and loving your neighbour. Does it? Do you see it fed back to you?
3: yeah we re- receive a lot of like messages whether that's people have experienced domestic violence or know people that are experiencing domestic violence but like i said we don't have the answers we're just trying to do the best that we can do being two men that have gone through it um and it's, and seen it and and we're trying to obviously encourage to have a stronger community because it helped us navigate through our life and um we're just trying to do what we can do for others and hoping that this book and our story can inspire others to speak up or to flee if they need to. Yeah.
2: Well, a uh, percentage of the sales of the book are donated to the Australian Childhood Foundation. In addition to getting the book, is there any way you want to direct listeners? Okay. Well, what about your your au? Is that is that a good yeah, place? Yes, yeah, very-
4: so obviously um, you know, our Instagram's next Door, which is yep. probably the most prominent thing we're active on. Um, and then we've got a website as well, too, which is Um And yeah, you can purchase the book through those links. Otherwise, um, any, pan- good book store. any good bookstore. Any good bookstore as well, too. And um, Booktopia online as well, too. Yeah. Panmacmillan.com as well, too. It
2: really is a gorgeous book. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thank you so so next door. Um, and we've been speaking with Daniel and Luke Mancuso. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.
6: Melbourne's Own. Triple R.
2: Drew Weston is a graduate of the acclaimed Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts and has toured Australia and internationally for over a decade, appearing in productions of *Mary Poppins*, *Oklahoma*, *The Rocky Horror Show*, *Dream Lover*, *Greece*, and more. His latest role is Sebastian in the new show *Cruel Intentions*, the 90s musical, which launches at the Athenaeum this May. To tell us about it, the multi-talented actor joins us now. Drew, welcome to *Breakfasters*. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, so what the hell have you done with *Cruel Intentions*? <laughs> uh, so this is this is the film Reese Witherspoon. Sarah Michelle Gellar, take us back.
7: Correct. So it's um, obviously based on the cult classic 1999 film, *Grill Intentions. Um, however, this time it's obviously a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely playing homage to the film. Um, and with the music itself, it's based on the soundtrack um, as well as a few more other late 90s Classics, Um, you know, so you've got like Sweet Symphony, obviously, um, every me and every you, but then you chuck in a bit of, um, you know, No Doubt. You've also got some Britney in there, you've got Mandy Moore in sync. It's like Um. basically my gym playlist. Ah. (laughs) It's kind of um, so, those people who don't even, who may not remember the show as that well, even if you come, you're gonna know all the tunes. Yeah, like like it's every song is a banger, basically. When did the movie (laughs) cross your radar? Mm, I hope my parents aren't listening. Um, (laughs) Probably, I reckon I would have watched it probably early teens, like high school. Uh Um, It's sexy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the first time, I mean, it's kind of a sexual awakening for, you know, that kind of generation of the late 90s. Um, I think it was the first time in film that two women kissed, Um, you know, on camera, you know, you go to the Mm. cinema and saw it, the Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair, Mm. um, which is, we have a really great song that matches with that one, which I won't (laughs) give it away, you'll have to come see it, Um, but it's kind of, it's perfect. Um, But yeah, and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's obviously very cheeky and sexy. Um, It'll just be a really, really fun night out or even, day out to those coming to a yes. matinee. Se-
0: Sebastian is a villain, essentially, a bit of a villain. Yeah, like, he's,
7: the, he's a bad boy for sure. Do you like um, playing that kind of role? Absolutely. Because, <laughs> like, it's, I know it's the beauty of being an actor is, like, you get to put yourself in shoes of, you know, people that or a role that you are not normally are at all. Mm. Um, so it is fun to play that mean, um, mean kind of role. However, you know, you've got to find elements of... Of truth in it as mm. well. He's um he had, does have moments where he does come and realise that yeah he is quite a bad human um, and almost you know flips, but then he's dragged in by his sexy stepsister once again. Yeah,
0: there's some un- incest undertones. It's got everything. Yeah. not like everything. It?
7: Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> when I was reading about it, I was like, God, it's so t- such a classic of the late nineties. But then again, you've got. TV shows like Euphoria Now and Mm. things like that, which is almost like a sexual awakening or the same thing for this generation. Mm. It's quite heavy um, material. But again, this, you know, Cruel Intentions could easily be put into Euphoria. It kind of be a storyline. It's kind of, Mm. it's still relevant and, you know, kind of the nastiness that can be high school um, and, you know, just the teenagers discovering the sexuality and mm. you know exp- exploration and things like that.
1: Uh. You know, when I was younger, my mother didn't allow me to watch this movie.
0: I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm
1: sure she's not the only one. The Pacific Islander woman, she's like, absolutely not. Turn that off. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, like that scene with Selma Hayek. Um, in the first kiss- Blair. Oh, sorry. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs>
7: Selma Blair. Very common mistake. Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, the first kissing scene, like as a young in the closet gay woman, mm. Girl, at the time, I was like, "God, what is this movie? I can't believe people are actually allowed to watch it. Not me. Um, yeah, is there? Yeah. Um, is is Do people have to be 16 year old, old and older to come and watch a show? I would or? say
7: yes. yes. Um, I mean, look, it's week. We've only done week one of rehearsals, and at the moment, I'd I'd probably say yes. Um, but yeah, 16 and above. But again, it is. It is definitely for. It's for everyone. But I'm. I'm. You know, those in the Say 40s, thirty, forties, fifty—it's kind of that, that demographic, and it plays really, on nostalgia as well. Like, oh, yeah, that's what—that's the hard, really. It's the nostalgia of the late nineties, the fashion, the music. Um, yeah, it'll just kind of really take you back. Yeah, um, you know, you don't really need to watch the. Film what have again. the
2: rehearsals been like? Do you go in hot? I mean, ha- <laughs> do you start belting it out? You know, do you size each other up? Is it?
7: Um, uh, you know, sign of the times. Now we have a, you know, like an intimacy coordinator oh, that's right. come <laughs> in and you know talk about. Um, you know, what you can and can't do or just make sure everyone is comfortable um, as well because at the end of the day as well, we are actors. So, um, but just making sure we're doing it safe, safely. Um, but yeah, no, you have your warm-ups and stuff but at the moment, I'm just loving being back in rehearsal room. I bet. Um, which everyone is, I think, and also getting to belt out all these 90s songs every day.
2: <laughs> well, these songs, so say Just a Girl, for instance. I mean, you'll have audience members who... Have sung them hundreds of times, mm-hmm. but they're deferring to you to perform the definitive yeah. cruel intentions. Version. I mean, that's
7: the thing. I, I we still don't really know because this is the first production of its kind in Australia. It's been done in the US and like a tour version in um, in the UK. I think Edinburgh Fringe. It was done there. Um, and so I I don't we don't know the audience reactions yet. We're like I don't know if they'll sing along, they you know, they'll be bopping along, which, you know, I'll be all for it really. It's kind of it's meant to be a fun night out. So and I think the music's gonna be loud and heavy and um, you'll recognise basically every song. It's the it's so well put together. Mm. Um, but yeah, as I said, you've got No Doubt, you've got Kiss Me, you've got Iris Gugu Dolls, um, yeah, it's yeah. I can't explain it more. Just bangers.
1: <laughs> do people sing along in musicals? Mm. Like if they like I. I've never done that, but I mean, now that I know that you can, maybe um,
7: I will. <laughs> not so much. I mean, not, obviously, there's a uh, time and a place, but I think it is. Be <laughs> careful what you
0: wish for. Uh, well,
7: no, it's more so like you know, you've got your Rocky Horror's of the world. You know, people go to see Rocky Horror and they shout back and forth. Oh yeah, and they might yeah, sing of along. course. But yeah. um, you know, we do have a. It's a six o'clock and a nine o'clock show. So you don't know, you know, people at the nine o'clock show might be a little bit more rowdy Yeah, um, definitely. in there to see a little bit of sexy time and have a laugh. And also <laughs> if they might already know that the tunes that are coming and they just want to bob along in the audience. Mm. I don't know about getting up and having a dance, but you know, <laughs> yeah. there might be, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some woos and, yeah. you know, applause during songs and things like that. So cool. what, yeah.
2: what do the original cast make of what you're doing?
7: The original cast. Ah, oh, so the reviews from them. A few of them actually saw it. Like I think Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Michelle Gellar. They saw it um, like a tour that went to hit LA, and they gave it like rave reviews. They didn't realize how they didn't realize how funny it was going to be. Basically, because cool. um, obviously it's very heavy content. Mm. Um, but I don't think people are kind of wanting to come to a show and you know just be thrown in with with that. So you've got to have some light and shade, of course. Um, and it's very very tongue in cheek and the cast are just stellar the voices in this show are just insane obviously you have to because of all these big 90s songs um, and as yeah it's really well cast it's really it's very exciting mm. yeah
2: now what about personally you've obviously had to escape Australia to get work and then you know the pandemic happened yeah. uh, what's it like to work in Australia f- for you
7: um, it's wonderful I look I, I love Australia it's um I' would wish I could work here or mm-hmm. like, my, all my life, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, with Australia, obviously it's a population mm-hmm. thing. It's not there's really not enough work to go around, which is why you do get a lot of Aussies that kind of go to LA or go to London, because there's a bigger population and also just much more of a um, industry mm-hmm. over there. Um, but I've always had a travel bug, so I've always wanting to travel. So I've lived in London, and prior to COVID, I was living in Vancouver, as there's a huge film and TV industry over there. Um, and things were going great guns and then obviously the old COVID hit and came home. think I'd only be home for say two or three months, which has now mm. turned into two years. But now this has also landed on my lap and yeah. I'm absolutely blessed and thankful and very excited about it. So,
2: how, uh, how are your accents?
7: Uh, good. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> they're all, obviously they're all American, um, set in New York. So um, as Australians, we're actually quite known to be good at our accents. I think it's mainly because we grow up with so much American television as well as British Um, From being and living overseas, a lot of them, a lot of Brits and Americans get so surprised and amazed at how good Aussies are at um, their accent. Mm. And I think that's the thing. It's just we just, we grow up with it. So we have an ear for it. Whereas, you know, some Americans can be pretty dire at Aussie. But then again, it's like, well, how much Australian television are you growing up with? You don't hear it every day. So Mm. you just, your ear doesn't adjust to it.
2: Uh, how are we going? What's our reputation like? Is it like, gee, another Australian actor in town? It's stealing um, our jobs.
7: Depends who you ask. Okay, right. <laughs> if you ask uh, actors over there, yes. Um, but then again, they, we have a great reputation, I think. The, you know, It's kind of kind of that Canadian reputation of lovely and um, you know, easy to work with. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I've had no qualms going over <laughs> when I was in London or Vancouver. No, not at all. Uh,
2: okay, so tell us where it is.
7: Um, So it's at the Athenaeum starting on the 25th of May um, and then we also moved to Sydney starting on the 27th. Oh, Sorry, no, the um, 30th of June. All right. And then it does a tour going to Adelaide and many other cities.
2: Beautiful. Uh, For more information, go to cruelintentions.com.au. Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical is the name and uh, what a treat that Melbourne's back and buzzing and thanks for contributing to it.
7: Yeah. Drew Weston, cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers.
5: (laughs) Woo! Ah,
7: that's right. Triple R.
1: I went to the big market on yesterday. Yesterday, first time I've been in a very long time. And as soon as uh, I went there with Abby, we took Winnie as well, one of the first things that we smelt was the barbecue.
5: Mm. Oh,
1: God. And it just, it brings back so many memories of not just, you know, being at the big market, but I think of the smell of a barbecue and cooking meats just... It, it, it's nostalgic for me. Uh, it reminded me of when I was in Samoa because every weekend there'd be barbecues on the side of the road and that oh. smell, I was just like, took me back straight away. Mm. Uh, for Abby, it was, um, it reminded her of when she was younger. She wasn't sure exactly what it was, couldn't pinpoint it, but perhaps family barbecues, that kind of a thing. did barbecues remind you? Going already? to a hardware store. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Have no. you a snag before you go in there? Yeah, it's
0: no, it's a very evocative smell, I think. Mm. Like, you um, like, Community sport, things like that. Oh, yeah, That's like the
1: onions and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is really that smell.
0: I play pub footy on the weekend. Oh, yes. It's always great after your game to go get a sausage. Isn't it? Yeah.
1: You know what I hate after playing? There's a barbecue going all day and then when you finish playing football, they're like, we're out of sausages.
0: I have worked up an appetite. Yeah. Mm. Isn't
1: this for us, the place? I used to go to the Vic Market when I was younger. Uh, it used to, like when I was in high school, I think we had a school excursion there once because I went to school in, in Bacchusmarsh. So coming into the city uh, was our school excursion and we went to the big market, uh, loved it. So I used to go there on weekends with uh, with my mates and hang out. I, I used to love that you could just get really cheap fake stuff. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. like sporting, uh, like a basketball singlet, something that I would never be able to afford, but I could go there and buy that and then wear it for a week before it, you know, disintegrated. So <laughs> <laughs> but I'd enjoy it for that, uh, that short time, which was good. Um, we, we also, I, I said to Abby, I was like, oh, God, like we got a coffee. I'm like, have to get a donut. She's like, mm. okay, no worries. Uh, and she's like, oh, they do donuts here. I said, oh, oh, no, there's only one place. There's only one van that you get your donuts from. Mm. And it's down the other, it's, it's a little bit further up. She's like, oh, you can't just get them here. Aren't they all good? I was like, I mean, I'm sure they're good. But this is the place that it's known, like you get hot jam donuts um, at the big market. So we went and the van's always in the same spot mm. when you get it, uh, just out the front of all the the food, the um, like fresh produce. And I, I had a look, I went in line, it surprisingly didn't take too long. There were 36 people in front of me. Oh my gosh. Like I, I went to go stand in line, I was like, oh, there's a, oh wow, holy. <laughs> all right, I'll tell you what, it was worth it. Was
0: and- it? It was. That much better than the other place?
1: Well, I did, I've never tried the other place, uh, to be honest. So here no, I am judging no, it and I've never true. tried it. But this is just a place that I know. It's a place that everyone goes. It's a well-oiled machine. You can see them making the donuts fresh in the, um, in the actual caravan. Mm. Um, and they taste amazing. Although, like, I did get to the front of the line, everyone in front of me, like, you get five donuts for $7.50. People are like, two bags, three bags. Mm. Everyone is stocking up. And I said, two individual Donuts, please. Am I am I able to get that? And she said, yeah, sure you can. And she gives me this tiny little bag <laughs> with my two donuts. But, no, it was worth it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, Abby can eat
0: the donuts, can she? No,
1: she can't. But, oh, you know what, I'm not going to miss out. I miss yeah. out on it. because of Abby. Exactly. I will not let that happen no, uh, What
2: about donut fingers, S- especially with the icing or whatever? What are they? Sugar. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. that's uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: That's, what you? How do you deal with it's that? It's hard to Really go to town licking your fingers in public, isn't it? But
2: Absolutely. But you
0: got to do it. Like, you know, it's... Yeah. Because you're wiping it on your clothes.
1: Yeah. You know, I had... Um, I actually ate the donut holding it through the bag and I didn't touch <gasps> the first donut. And I'll tell you why. Wow. Because Winnie would sniff everything on the ground and occasionally she'll go to eat something and... On Sunday, she ate what I saw was a prawn head that was <laughs> someone had thrown onto the ground. So I have grabbed Winnie and I've shoved my fingers down her throat oh. and I've pulled this scaly, disgusting head out of her mouth, thrown it away. And that, I didn't have any hand sanitizer.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> so that is
1: why I did not touch a donut. Oh, I just I, thought uh, you had
0: elite donut eating practices. But, hey, no. whatever works. No. <laughs> you, just had, you just had prawny hands. I had
1: prawny, disgusting hands. That's oh, did I Winnie know, know
2: what hit her? Yeah. what with
1: me showing my fingers yeah, yeah. oh no it's happened before like sometimes if i mean she's going to eat some stuff that i'm not aware of but occasionally if i catch and i see something i will grab her and get it out of her
0: oh i'm glad you can pepper um, once uh, gra- like not that long ago grabbed some we got charcoal chicken We'll be hungover, so we weren't as alert as we should be. And she grabbed like a chicken, piece of chicken. We, you know, apparently, cooked, oh. cooked bones are really bad because yeah, they can yeah. splinter. But she, obviously, as we know, is a gremlin and um, <laughs> could not could just could not pry it from her and i was like throwing treats at her and i sprayed it with the hose and everything and she just got more and more worked up and she's growling and she's holding and it's i can hear it splintering and she's biting this cooked bone oh
1: no was she all right
0: yeah well eventually she broke it down into little pieces and and i'm like she's just gonna eat it like she's just chewing through this bone
5: yeah
0: um and will thought like she was gonna die and he was like it's not a joke stop laughing like this isn't funny (laughs) you laughing well initially because she looks so funny because she's a little (laughs) chihuahua with this big chicken bone sticking Out of her mouth like a big cigar, <laughs> and it'd be um, a game for her. Yeah, and then she was getting really angry because you know territorial. Over. Anyway, she ended up being fine, but I was like, there is no way I couldn't even get near her. Like to shove my fingers into her mouth was never an option. Oh,
1: she was when he was on a lead. Yeah. and I saw it happen, so I just reeled it in and grabbed
0: it. Wish I had a Bobby with me uh, <laughs> when I went
2: to the market. Like, a third donut, get that out of your gullet. Another sausage, you pick.
0: <laughs> Something with me. Uh, yeah, it was actually just portion control. For <laughs> portion winning. control policing. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, is there? There are places. Uh, I mean, I'm at the big market all the time. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, I've got my cheese, but but. If you get trapped in your w- set in your ways, sometimes you do. I do worry that I'm neglecting yeah. other parts of the market. You got your
0: favourites, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: but you know, maybe one time I'll break the spell. I mean, there's. I, is it is it your favourite market? I mean, you've you live next to a like
1: Footscray. Do you yes. mean? Footscray Market. Um, no, I mean it's. I don't know that it's my favourite market, but it just has a lot of memories, and I do enjoy it. You got quite a lot of um quality well, quality. I like that. There's different things like. Food from so many different countries yeah. in the one spot is amazing. Uh, they've got some good coffee spots now. I probably don't look down the knickknacks and clothes and stuff as much as I used no, to. Fake, uh,
0: j- <laughs> no fake basketball anymore? Not anymore, no. I'm a
1: little, <laughs> yeah, a
2: little
0: exactly.
1: bit too old
2: to be wearing basketball singlets now <laughs> anyway. You've made me really reflect on licking your fingers. I, it's just not on. <sighs>
0: I mean, yeah. Well, if you're if you're alone, you can do it. If you if you're dainty, oh, like Shirley Temple.
2: Oh,
0: you know
8: she used to do it.
2: <laughs> Did she? Oh, yeah. I yeah. was thinking more like Homer Simpson. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes Yeah. Okay. You yeah. Do that.
2: Like if you if you're flexing your fingers, and turn it into a performance. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, if you're just sticking your. You know, you... Oh, s- go
0: f- go for it once like a pan flute with your fingers. Just <laughs> stick them all in. <laughs> Lick your hand altogether. <laughs> but you don't want to waste it. Yeah, I know. It's mm-hmm. hard.
1: When I, I took one home and I did eat that with my fingers. And yes, I absolutely licked every single one of my fingers. Yeah, can you reheat
2: a donut and how would you yes, do it?
1: Yes, I did. I yeah. popped it in the microwave. Right. Because I took a bite out of it and it was cold and it was a little bit harder. I was like,
0: oh. oh did it okay. go all weird and chewy in the microwave?
2: No.
1: Oh, no, it actually was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I was... I was pleasantly surprised. And
2: but if you burn yourself on a jam donut. Oh. No well no one cares. I mean it's mm. absolute agony. Mm. But no one you'll never get any sympathy from anyone. It's mm. just funny. They'll yeah. be more than laughing. Yeah
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> Cuz you're lucky enough to enjoy a jam donut. That's well, the price you pay. That's right. Yeah. Well oh, it's dangerous out there. I'm glad you made it through <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Triple, R.
8: Triple R. Dirt dirt dirt. It's where you grown your play dirt, dirt, dirt. Hey, you got some on your pants. Can you stop singing about
2: dirt? Digger's back in the building to talk gardening. Morning, Digger.
6: Morning all. May the force be with you. Yes, exactly.
2: Man, um, yeah, uh, very
6: special day. It is. It's my birthday today, you know? Is it
2: really? No, yeah, is it?
6: Yep, I'm born. I am the force.
2: Wow. <laughs> birthday. The dark force. A, a, a special one birthday. today too.
6: Yet yeah, two hundred and six.
2: Years
0: old? Yeah. on, oh, congratulations. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Gee, you don't look a day over 150, I swear.
2: Um, so we've just ticked over into a new season. Yeah.
6: Have, have we? It is. Yeah. it is. Yeah, it's definitely. We're starting to see the colour change, and that's what it's all about. Um, deciduous plants, obviously, originating from the Northern Hemisphere, is like, you know what, this, um, winter is coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they start to shift and start to store energy, Um, And then once they've stored some of that energy, they dump their leaves down to the ground because it wouldn't be efficient to hold it over over winter. So that colour changes here. So I thought about the magnificent thing that is autumn. And, you know, we see this sea of green for months and months and months. And then for a very short period in time, it'll be over before we know it that there's colour mm. around, you know, and it doesn't matter which suburb you're in there, you'll always see a little bit of it. So I was racking my brain thinking, well, what's some of the best ones? And it's such a, pre- a personal preference, you know, that what you connect to is the colour. But um, So I thought I'd just run through from colour. So if anyone out there is listening and they've got a better preference or, you know, a, a different preference, by all means, text in. Yes,
2: 0466
0: Someone's already texted in say happy birthday. <laughs> ah,
6: thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I was gonna do like a little Yoda voice, but I can't do it. Grateful I am. Thank you. I'll just have. I got a button for that. <laughs> um, Orange. Do you know persimmon? Yes. Not personally, but you know the the plant yeah, I'm persimmon. Diospyros khaki is its botanical name. Mm. They go. They have a range of colours, but towards the end, just before. All the leaves fall off. They all turn this most magnificent burnt. Orange and it's the same colour as what the fruit is. It's just an amazing spectacle to see because by that time everything else has lost its leaves, so there's gaps in in you know canopies everywhere, and just they just beam like this amazing orange colour, the same as the fruit. So for the orange, I'd have to give it to persimmon. Mm. There's going to be a few people like oh, that's why <laughs>
2: why why would you object to that?
6: Um, uh, because it's not the prettiest of trees, right. but mm. it's the most beautiful leaf and display for a very short amount of time. You'd only see it in that stage for probably you know four days Mm. and that's it throughout the whole year so it's absolutely beautiful red has to go to probably boston ivy and they Mm. are changing color around town at the moment so they're a a self-cleaning climber parthenosis is tricuspidata if you're googling it um (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't google that (laughs) yeah i don't know what would come up um but tricuspidata means it's the ones with it's got three lobes in its leaf Kind of looks a bit like a, a maple leaf mm. um absolutely magnificent vibrant red it's kind of like i don't know fire engine red but it, when the sun hits it it almost glows it's so vibrant it's absolutely beautiful then, yeah. Do I,
2: people decorate their houses with it? I'm Absolutely. trying to grow it at the
0: moment. Yeah. I've had a little a little um, cutting growing in a pot and it's 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 changing colour, but it's still about as big as my hand. Yeah. It's yeah. not growing.
6: Let the process begin. No, yeah. they take a bit of time. It's one of those things that once they get their feet in, then they explode. Okay. But it's just going to take some time. Mm. And being self cleaning they're the ones that you see on these English manners and all the you know European shows there, you know, a vine that's mm. covering a castle and it's red in colour, that's it.
2: It's great been, way to cover up graffiti.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the council should do that.
7: Yeah. It, bit, it just takes two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
6: yeah, that temporary fencing for eight years think, <laughs> a bit of a problem. And then they'll just graffiti over the leaves. But it's self-cleaning because it just drops the leaves off <laughs> yeah. there. So all good. Um, yellow has to go to ginkgo, mm. ginkgo biloba, um, famous tree used in all sorts of medicines and, and cultures. Um, but the yellow of a ginkgo when it turns is so buttery. It's almost... It doesn't even look real. It's a yellow that you wouldn't see anywhere else mm. um, on any other leaves. It's just, yeah, it's just something else. So if yellow is your colour, there's a fantastic one at the Botanical Gardens near one of the uh, the lakes opposite the Camellia Walk. Mm-hmm. It's your favourite in, in the garden? It's my favourite in the garden. It's And it's beautifully placed that you just don't see it. You come around the corner and then bang, there it is. Mm. Um, and it's sitting out all out on its own. It's a very clever design to go, look at me, look at me, I'm pretty bloody specky.
0: Yeah. And how often is it yellow? How long is it yellow for?
6: So it'll be in that, it'll start to turn, but in that beautiful stage for probably about a not even a month, mm-hmm. three weeks-ish, maybe a little bit more. It's all about, you know, the temperature. As soon as the, the temperature dives again, then they, they go into the next phase. Mm. Um, claret, like the deep, dark clarets has to go to cl- the claret ash, um, the Fraxinus oxycarpa, um, Again, it's a, it's so dark and so deep mm. that it's probably a bit too much, but when you see it fully done. So it's kind of reddish on the way through to claret, but once it hits the deep claret and the whole tree is that colour, it's kind of, again, it's a spectacle, again, for a very short amount of time, but stopping the track. So anyone who lives in and around Preston, if you go Albert Street, Preston, kind of around Northland, mm. between Murray Road and kind of Crame Street, the street trees in the middle of that island, they're all claret ashes and they're starting to turn now.
0: Oh, good tip.
6: So the north gets you know—gets a, a specky show in the middle of autumn. How mm. eye-watering.
2: It, like literally eye-watering. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, it's,
6: um, it's da- I think it's dangerous sometimes for these trees. Maybe it's just me because I'm into plants. But <laughs> to be driving around and go, shit, look at that. And like, oh, <laughs> you know, Sorry. You'll <laughs> never believe this, officer. <laughs> um, but did you see the practice?
0: <laughs> Does um, Boston ivy grow in low light?
6: to know. It can grow in low, now it depends what you call low light, but down to about four hours or dappled light all day, it will still perform. All it will do, it will thin. It won't get anywhere near as dense.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: So remember the thing about, the beautiful thing about deciduous trees is that's part of the reason why they do what they do because their winters are so dark and deep mm-hmm. that they can thrive on less light than others.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about different states? Is it, does, does Melbourne do autumn best?
6: Melbourne does autumn very well, but again, you can go, you can see some fantastic displays in the Adelaide Hills. You can see some fantastic, fantastic displays down in Tassie. So mm-hmm. it's all about cool. Where it gets cool, so the Dandenongs do you know, obviously incredible, um, and the Macquarie Ranges mm-hmm. are incredible displays. But even in the suburbs, because you know the cold weather starts as the wind starts to turn and to come from the southwest off Antarctica, it kind of sits down in Melbourne because we are a bit bowlish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, as long as you know, the climate doesn't change, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't happening,
0: so no problem. Can we ask you some questions from listeners? Of course. Um, someone wanted to know if it's too – I feel like we get this question every week. Is it too late to do summer fruit tree pruning? Yes. Too, so they've missed the window.
6: They've missed the window because now they're starting – the whole idea with summer, you're trying to retard the growth. So you're using that gap between late summer and autumn – for them to put on a little bit of extra growth, and that will sit and that will hold. If you prune now, it's effectively going to be, because they're into dormancy. It's effectively going to be a, a winter prune.
0: Okay. What about um, oh, if the, if broccoli seedlings seedlings are planted in February and they haven't grown, what's going on with that?
6: They're duds. Your last chance is maybe a liquid fertilising with something like a seaweed solution. I think they've done that. Then yeah, they're, they're duds. They're duds.
0: Would you say you always go for seed over seedlings?
6: Um, um, with seed, you, you're not guaranteed that you're going to get something great, as you can see there, but um, it's way more economical and it is way to become sustainable in it to start harvesting your own seed. So, yes.
0: Okay. Um, oh, anything else? Cherry tomatoes are still growing. What the heck?
6: Yeah, amazing. Again, it's kind of mild. It's <laughs> weird that we've got this forecast over the next few days that there's going to be a, a whole stack of rain. Mm. Um But in walking from the car to it's actually quite mild. Mm. For the first time this year, I don't know if you noticed, I've got long sleeves on. I don't usually wear long sleeves. Still rocking the shorts, though. Still rocking the shorts. And I feel a little bit sweaty and clammy, so I'll be taking it (laughs) off. Um, So, yeah, it's mild. I've seen many. I've still got a couple of plants with cherry tomatoes on, and they're ripening at home. Yeah. Until the weather completely dies. Remember, they're the indeterminate types of tomatoes. So Mm -hmm. collect seed from these suckers. Yeah. So... And then be planting them out each year. And you could plant them out then. They're telling you, you could plant them out in January mm. rather than do it, you know, the spring before. You could plant them out in the January and they'll still be fine at this time of year. Wow. I've lost track of the question, so Mon, I'm, I'm I'll leave that to you
2: cause <laughs> there's a flurry. But a, a perceptive listener says, is this the one-year anniversary that Mon ignored Digger at,
0: at his birthday dinner? <laughs> 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 it is. is it's <laughs> yeah. Did you know that story?
6: I've heard that story. Yeah. I, don't, I yeah.
0: didn't realise it was a whole... Of course, because it's a whole year ago. Yeah. Well, look how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, <look. laughs> um, does pruning trees apply to olives, pruning fruit trees? Do you prune an olive tree?
6: Uh, slightly different. So if they as soon as they've finished fruiting is the time to prune them.
0: Okay. And how often should you water a potted mandarin tree? Someone wants to know. Once a week. And um, there was something else. I feel like I've forgotten one. Oh, something about... a Oh, do fruit trees need another tree to graft against a fruit? Because they've got a pear tree for four years, hasn't had any fruit.
6: Yeah, pear trees need a compatible cross-pollinator. So you'd have to jump on the internet, know what variety you've got to find a compatible cross-pollinator, and then you could graft or buy another tree and and buddy them up.
2: Can I – so we had orange, we had red, we had yellow, we had claret.
6: Yeah.
0: What was the fifth?
6: Brown. Uh, Right. And it doesn't get the cred that it deserves. What's what's a good one for – Brown, I, I love cool, the beach, ah. beech trees, so anything in the, that's the Fagus family, so that's related to oaks and to chestnuts are all in the Fagus family, so they go brown, and it just, you get these beautiful different tones of brown, it's, it's like, there's tan, and then there's hazelnut, and then there's, like, bay, like a horse, mm. love bay horses, like That that colour of a bay horse is just, you know, unique. Um... And so different tones of brown, and there's been a bit of a shift. There's a few designers who work on brown and different tones of brown because everyone just thinks it's like it means dead, mm. and it doesn't. And a lot of these, maybe it's for a word of the day for another day, marcusons, which is you ever see some of the, the browns hold their leaves through winter, so they actually go into dormancy, but they don't drop the leaf. Mm. They just stay on there. You ever notice that with oaks and mm. some of those kind of things? So, yeah, incredible uh, phenomenon maybe another day because it's a complicated one but yeah don't forget the brown in the garden it's a beautiful tone.
2: Is, do colours make a go in fashion cycles in gardening?
6: Absolutely and the, so yeah great point last one I'll talk about is honourable mention has to go to the forest pansy um, or Sursus can, uh, canadensis mm-hmm. which essentially has all of these colours all at the same time on the same tree.
5: Oh wow. So it goes into
6: it goes into dormancy. Like it's literally, literally like a rainbow oh. and it's incredible kind of thing. It's a bit over the top. <laughs> I've planted it in other people lots of other people's gardens cuz it's an incredible show but for me it's just too much. <laughs> I really admire it but I wouldn't have it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like a buffet. Yeah. (laughs) No, actually, no. I love a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you, Digger. uh, To you, Happy Birthday.
6: uh, (laughs) Use the force, everybody.
2: (laughs) Triple (laughs) R. Lucy Gransbury is an actor and writer who has performed with the Australian Shakespeare Company, Lux Radio Theatre, and sold out her acclaimed cabaret shows across the country. This year, taking out Best Cabaret at the Adelaide Fringe for a one-woman show, Extraordinary. Now she's brought Extraordinary to Melbourne, on tonight at the MC Showroom in Pran, and to tell us about it, the performer joins us now. Lucy, welcome to Breakfasters.
8: Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody.
2: Uh, Thanks for making it in. Lucy, you know Mon.
8: I do. (laughs) (laughs) Quite randomly. Mm. I reckon it was... Ten years ago, yeah, 2012. Oh, there you go. You remember yeah. better than I do. Mon and I met doing some extras work, oh. and I said to her this morning, it was just on this one shoot for it was like this Channel Nine mini mini series about cricket. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yes. And Mon and I were both these like 70s waitresses in this bar, so we spent two days dressed in these 70s costumes <laughs> with high ponytails, yes, the high pony, serving <laughs> beers to cricketers yes. in the smoke. But Mon says that there's another one. We did Neighbours as well. Yeah, I
0: think we did a Neighbours. We did, or, or was it um, like a TAC commercial or some music festival themed anyway? Oh, yes. Do you remember that?
8: Yes, and we got left in the dark yes. at some point. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is how fun it is being an extra, that you're so far down the feeding chain yeah. that sometimes you're just like
0: sitting in the dark yes. with no
8: food and you're like, okay, cool, that's fine. Just let me know when you need me. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: But the house That was definitely the highlight and I think we invented backstories for our characters. It had no lines. <laughs> I think I was German for some reason. Anyway, sending uh, pouring fake beers to, for Brendan Cowell was a real highlight of my career.
8: But I mean, the blessing being that I met this lovely woman and yes, so that's what Extra's exactly. work is all about. I like to
0: think I helped kickstart your career.
8: So. <laughs> well, look at us high-flying ladies.
2: <laughs> uh, what is the premise of Extraordinary?
8: So Extraordinary is a show I've written uh, that is... It's a cabaret, which means I've got a bit of music in there as well. So there's a few Julie Andrews parodies um, just just for the sake of it. But the premise of the show is... that it's about embracing mediocrity because Mm -hmm. during lockdown I discovered that I am in fact average. Um, Always thought I was exceptional, turns out I'm not. I am average and I read this article that talks about how basically everyone we've ever met, including you guys, although you might be the exception to the rule, everyone every skill we're ever going to attempt, we're going to land in the 20 to 80% of the world, uh-huh. basically. Every skill, every job, everything. So even if you think you're great at something, you're probably not going to be above the 80%. Mm-hmm. If you're terrible at something, you're not going to be worse than the 20%. Mm-hmm. And th- that's kind of really humbling mm. and um, awful, but also quite liberating at the same time. <laughs> so the show's just about embracing that mediocrity and, and, you know, like working out my average skills. Yeah.
2: I've, <laughs> I've come around to this idea that, yes, everybody is in that band of ordinary, but if you stack on enough ordinary skills oh yeah suddenly you become unique
8: yeah and and i mean i'd much rather be like you know fairly run of the mill at a whole bunch of things than just be amazing at one thing and then
2: put all your eggs in that basket exactly yeah Yeah. Mm. and then
8: you're still probably not going to be the best so like and and that's what i talk about is that you know the 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 people out there who who are the best the names that we know Mm. They, they've got no room in their lives left for anything else because mm-hmm. it takes 10,000 hours to just be a master at something. Yeah. That's three hours a day for nine years. Mm. I mean, who can be bothered? Yeah. <laughs> um, really?
2: And are you, this uh, inspiring and celebratory of average <laughs> in your uh, wedding uh, celebrate work? <laughs>
8: Um, look, I, I am also a wedding celebrant and I'd like to say that, no, I'm exceptional at that. I am tough. Of no, there. but
2: these these couples who turn up to you, you're like, oh no. You're a just cu-
8: another middle of Yeah, guys, let me tell you about marriage. <laughs> um, um, look, I, it's, it's certainly a, a very different ball game to the performing stuff. And I have told some of my wedding clients to come and watch me do comedy because they see a whole other side of me. But um, yeah, in, I, I'm much more aspirational in my, in my weddings, I promise. Yeah. Do you
2: make people cry?
8: I like to say that um, the best kind of ceremony is the perfect amount of laughter with just the right amount of tears, oh. you know? You know, you just, yeah, yeah you, you give them a good laugh and then an oh Yeah. Up into the roller coaster of a wedding.
2: <laughs> and why Julie Andrews?
8: Um, look, partly because... She's been there through a lot of um, moments in my life that have been really important, which Mm -hmm. I talk about through the show, but mostly just because uh, I love singing Julie Andrews parodies and it's my show so I can do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And I sing them quite averagely because, you know, I'm an average singer. So
2: (laughs) whatever. Uh, And also, so you, we were talking off air. Stop me if I'm going too far. (laughs) Social? How did you meet your partner?
8: My oh right. So um so as I entered the studio, I said to you guys, look, just to clarify, this morning <laughs> you were talking about whether or not uh, you can marry your first cousin in Australia. You can. I'm a wedding celebrant. I can tell you that you can. You can be related by blood. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And I reckon I've done about 150 weddings. Oh wow! I reckon more than half of them these days are online weddings. And I oh, met my I was husband. Gonna on <laughs> You're going to say cousin? i <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> have yet to marry cousins. Um, don't know if I can legally discriminate, so I'm going to say, look, that's fine. If yeah, you're yeah. cousins, please, here's my number. Um, but, no, I met my husband on Tinder, and so there, there is a lot of online meetings. So you guys all had lovely organic meetings mm. of your partners. What
2: was it? Do you remember the opening line or the opening gambit? Oh,
8: do I remember it? It featured in our wedding. Yes, my my profile was Lucy likes people, loves potatoes. <laughs> and he hit me with, if you like people and love potatoes... Where do you stand on Mr. Potato Head? Oh. And I said, well, I mean, I wouldn't stand on him, I'd eat him instead. And then we were <laughs> off on this real weird banter that wow. turned into like potato cannibalism and it was I just I discovered that I'd found my person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Met you on your level. Very, very strange. That's
2: fantastic. <laughs> uh, and the MC showroom Yes,
8: it's a lovely venue. Oh, they're actually up for a war an award on Chapel Street. Um, they're a great venue. They uh, it's got a bar in the theatre, which I love, which mm-hmm. means like people are just kind of you know going for it right before the show. Uh, sorry, that sounded a bit weird. Um, and it's first cousins in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> the first cousins in the audience, just, the romance just overtakes them. Um, and it's a it's a lovely a lovely venue. It's a great area because it's Chapel Street, so there's heaps going on. And it's my first time performing there, um, which is you know new and exciting. But I've had a lovely audience last night. I'm nearly sold out tonight. I've got like a tiny like five tickets left or something. So if somebody out there could just go buy five tickets tonight, that would be great. Yes. I just want I just want that sold out sticker. Oh, it, definitely... it
2: really is a, it's a beautiful venue, isn't it? Oh yeah, you're up. You're right. It's up for the Chapel Champion Awards this year.
8: That's the one. Yes.
2: Uh and it's just on the back streets of Chapel Street. It
8: is. I- so it was there, and this is my industry, so mm. they are they're a hidden gem. I mean, probably not hidden to anyone else, just I'm ignorant. <laughs> but they are they are wonderful, and it's and it's massive, and it's lovely, and and the best staff. So highly recommend a night out on Chapel Street tonight, preferably. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, it, as you say, you know, it's back after being slammed by COVID, and exactly. Especially, it's good to have venues like that in that area.
8: It has been a tough year to be a venue, to be an artist of any kind. So um, anybody who is going out and supporting live theatre at the moment, you're a gem. Mm.
0: And and how soon until you get your um, infant into cabaret? Yeah.
8: Oh, look, she's um, she certainly gets a mention or two <laughs> in this one. She actually came to watch me um, in Adelaide because I did Adelaide Fringe a couple of months ago and I'm from Adelaide, so she was there with my parents um, and mum brought her along to the show. With the premise that she wouldn't sit through it because she is she's only one, mm. and um, so as expected, mostly mum was in the foyer trying to <laughs> shut her up, um, <laughs> and then brought her back in. But every time she'd see me on stage, she just sits there and she goes,
0: Mama, okay," oh, cool. which is
8: real cute. But I'm like, Shh. distracting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Mama is performing. I'm
8: working.
2: <laughs> uh, and the do you have a miss potato head or did did that come up at the wedding like is I, there I
8: unfortunately point? don't but yeah, right. um, I'm not looking to acquire one anytime soon <laughs> mm. but um I would rather have a potato. I can't <laughs>
2: I can't believe you remembered your opening gambit. That's terrific. Well, yeah. not
8: not only do I remember it because it was such a good line, but he also, for our our first anniversary, and this is dating anniversary, not okay. wedding anniversary, because we still do both. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. For our first dating anniversary, he printed our entire Tinder conversation into a book. Oh. So we've got this copy of this banter that we had, and we look oh. back at it now, and we're like, man, I really oversold myself because <laughs> I was saying things like, oh, "I love cricket," "I I hate cricket," <laughs> and, and all these lies that we were telling each other. But you know. It wasn't Worked. Yeah. <laughs> we fell for it. What's your favourite type of potato? Is it mashed potato, like is it chips? What, scallop potatoes? Well you see, Bobby, that's what I like about potatoes. They're so they're so versatile. versatile. <laughs> I mean you've got everything from from chips to vodka, really. It's it, oh, so true. It's made from the humble potatoes. So um yes. look uh, uh, my favourite is chips, for mm. sure. Yeah. Hot chips.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Do you miss seeing Mon out and about? How was Mon?
8: <laughs> she, <laughs> well, <laughs> she can weigh the table in the background of a 70s show, let me tell you that. Oh, we just had a good time. It was. Yeah. Um, I, I could not tell you one thing that we talked about other no. than I was
0: like, this chick's cool. I think we just we, mainly jokes about high ponytails is what I remember.
8: High ponytails and how poorly extras are treated. Yeah, <laughs> that was. And I don't want to, you know, badmouth that show in particular. Mm. How's yeah. that? We were we were treated very well on that show, yes. but in general, extras have a rough time. So that's why they we form these bonds really fast because yeah. you're, you know, you kind of.
0: Well, oh, we're here for twelve effort. hours together. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like nothing and we're to do. Paid twenty bucks an hour. So.
8: And <laughs> mm. barely getting fed. So <laughs> yeah. what do you want to talk about? Right. So
0: <laughs>
2: would you describe Mon's acting as extraordinary? Um, yes,
8: yes. She, she, no, I would describe it as extraordinary. Thank oh. you. Uh, That's, right.
2: That's why
0: I'm here now. No, no <laughs> space.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, head to the mcshowroom.com for tickets and information about Extraordinary with Lucy Gransbury. What time's the show?
8: It's at 7.30 and, yeah, somebody buy those last five tickets. And yeah. absolutely. Oh, would We it. not
2: to. Uh, Lucy, so great to have you in.
8: Thank you so much.
3: Triple R.
2: Let's check in with Simone, who uh, is herself everything everywhere all at once, it seems. Good morning, Simone. Good morning. Hello. Uh, You're reviewing movies
9: today. I am.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you found the time to watch anything, given (laughs) what you've been up to, but what do you bring to our attention?
9: I am so thrilled to be able to talk to you guys about a movie that I suspect half of you have already seen, because the buzz is so hot on this movie. It's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm Mm-hmm. One, you've seen it, haven't no, you?
0: No, I just really want to. Oh,
9: I was okay, waiting cool. for
0: you to give approval.
9: <laughs> I, well, consider it approved. Um, right. It is the new film by a, a writer-director duo called Daniels who previously made a film called Swiss Army Man. Um, did you, any of you guys see that?
0: No, I didn't. No. That's, that's the one with um, Daniel Radcliffe.
9: Yeah, yeah, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, bizarre incredibly funny film that won the director's prize at sundance and a lot of hearts but also turned a lot of people off because it was just bizarre and relied on quite a lot of toilet humor to make it quite a profound and kind human story they've leveled up with what they do uh with everything everywhere all at once the the film is essentially a story of um a chinese american immigrant woman played by michelle yao who's a legend of the hong kong action film Um, seen and most people know from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, She is a middle-aged woman who runs a failing laundromat, has an IRS audit hanging over her shoulders and is attempting to prepare for Chinese New Year with a husband who is kind of a goofy beta male who she feels increasingly estranged from. um, When she discovers that She lives in a multiverse and she is the only person who can save it from being destroyed by a malevolent force that looks a lot like her daughter. Mm
2: -hmm.
9: Okay. So this is the kind of scene setting for what is one of the best action films I've ever seen at full stop and certainly the best action film I've ever seen that's primarily set in a tax office. (laughs) (laughs) It is an absolutely extraordinary and really indescribable uh, sci-fi comedy with a kind of a really deep feminist heart in which Eleanor and her sort of transformed temporarily to alpha male husband uh, acquire a whole bunch of skills, kind of matrix style, to be able to have um, the most thrilling gorgeous, funny series of fights, really, um, with a whole bunch of different characters that populate the universe. Uh, in addition to the star power that Michelle Yao brings to this film, her husband is played by Ki Ho Kwan, who is Data from um, the Goonies and also Short Round from Temple of Doom, who is phenomenal and so endearing it's like my 80s child heart was just like absolutely lit up with joy at seeing him back and he completely delivers on every piece of nostalgia that we are attaching to him he's so incredible in this movie he's so funny he has an action sequence which is one of the film's kind of iconic scenes with a fanny pack a bum a bum bag which is kind of a nod to data's gadget belt in the goonies one of like endless film references within this film that range from, like, The Matrix to Wong Kar Wai films to, I'm sure, countless Hong Kong action films that I've never seen to 2001 to this amazing subplot involving the film Ratatouille. (laughs) But in this context, it's – no, I'm going to ruin the joke if I tell you. Anyway, it's so (laughs) funny. It's funny just on a stupid visual joke level. It's funny on a cultural cultural reference level. And it's funny in the way that it reflects – immigrant experiences and i again without ruining the joke can't explain this to you but people who have first generation migrant mothers are going to know what i mean about the ratatouille joke um yeah any questions so sounds far?
2: absolutely chaotic it's
9: and, so chaotic uh
2: and it, is everyone uh, on is there anything self-aware about it or or ironic about the performances or it's believable in its total n- nonsense
9: it's completely believable and it's extremely committed and big-hearted in its nonsense. Yes, of course, it's ironic. It's set in a tax office. Yeah. But ultimately the film really does want to affect you emotionally and it does. And I would say, particularly for mothers, there are some resonances, like the two main sort of protagonists and antagonists of the films are Eleanor and her daughter Joy. And... It's generally quite funny and kind of riffs off of you know a generation gap and then ultimately just kind of punches you in the gut. Um, in this incredible scene involving two rocks, and that's all I will say about it, but it is one of the most beautiful, philosophical and affecting scenes and it's literally just two rocks on the screen.
1: Some, <laughs> someone's uh, messaged in and just asked if it's okay to, for kids to watch?
9: No. Okay. Well, ah. No, it depends. There is another... I'm going to say iconic scene involving two um, – I don't know the PC way to say it, two butt plugs. I don't know how to say that. For <laughs> 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 me, like, I do not like butt humour. So I'm like, all right, you are re- really pushing me to the boundary on this one. Um, if that is if that is fine and your kids watch those kind of gross-out SNL comedies where that kind of humour is standard, then, yeah, I think it's okay. There's nothing um, – Ultraviolent or ultra mm. sexual, in it, it's just a couple of butt plugs being used in a funny way.
0: Because uh, a- A24, you know, have quite a repertoire of very tense, like if they've got Uncut Gems and they did Midsummer and like very, you know, and kind of grotesque. Does it fit in? Is it a t- very typical a- a- A24 film?
9: It fits in in the sense that they partner with visionary filmmakers who are breaking the box in some way. And the, you can absolutely say of the Daniels. Yes, it is a comedy where those other films are very serious dramas, uh, but it is a very serious comedy. And it is one of the best films that I have seen, I reckon, in a decade or more. Like, it's really exceptional.
5: Okay.
9: Everyone, I, you know, I posted about this one, you would have seen it on my Instagram. Everyone who worked on this film is some kind of genius, right? The action sequences are. Like par excellence, I've just never seen anything like it. The editing is extraordinary. Who sits down to review a film and talk about how amazing the editing is? (laughs) Mm. The costume design is incredible. The story ultimately for a multiverse sci-fi film that I don't care about holds together beautifully well. Um, And all of this was done on a $25 million budget, which should have been an $80 million budget because the two filmmakers called in Seven of their made to learn how to do VFX on YouTube and got them to do all the visual effects for this film that's playing at IMAXs around the world, oh. right? It's, so incre- it's, it's honestly so amazing and they kind of brought in a whole lot of practical skills that they had for making music videos. So it looks like genius on the page but it's really driven by all of these incredibly passionate independent people and I think that is on brand with A24.
2: Yeah, and it's at cinemas everywhere which is where you'd recommend to see it I'd imagine
9: please go to the cinema and see this movie. It is so worthy of it. It's such a delight. And also just being in the cinema, I got that, you know, you get that chill yeah. when, like, the the logo comes up. Mm. At the
5: beginning.
9: I really had that big time oh. and it paid off in spades. But this is, like, an absolute classic and, yeah, please get out and see it. Support your local cinema before it uh, shows up on Netflix. Yes,
2: everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. By the Daniels, Simone Baldi. Baldy. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys.
3: Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app.
1: I called in sick yesterday. Uh, Thank you very much for picking up the slack. I do appreciate that. We tried our best. Um, Now, I, I was thinking back onto, you know, when the last sick day I had, and I don't often, I think, call in sick. I have many times wanted to lie about, not for this job, <laughs> but for other jobs, you know, if you just want to have a day off, if you're hungover or whatever, but I can never bring myself to do it. And I'm the first to encourage others. I'm just like, just call in sick. Mm. Just call in sick. What are you going to do? Just whatever. But I get caught up in the, well, what am I going to say I'm sick for? I mean, really. How just will I prove say, it? Exactly. What if
0: they somehow if find if it, out? And then
1: I have to continue this lie. Yeah. But really, I mean, if you're sick, you can be sick for whatever, like if you've got a cold or, or anything. But in my mind, I would just, have this big thing that I'm going to get caught. So I just I just went to work every single day. <laughs> so I haven't taken too many. But I remember working in a hospital years ago, one of my co-workers called in sick, said that she had been in a car accident <gasps> and she was in hospital. Now, all of us were so worried about her and messaging her and making mm. sure she was okay. Turns out it was a lie.
0: Oh, that is... What
1: mm. a lie to tell. Because everyone was so concerned and everyone wanted to make sure she was all right. When she did come back to work a couple of days later, people, you know, inquired, like, oh, my God, are you okay? What happened? What injuries did you... What hospital were you at? Yeah, why? And why? was that limp
0: is fake? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think she um, ex- said what particular injury it was or anything like that and she was hesitant with the hospital and then I think her story changed a few times until she finally admitted to a couple of the staff members like, I was hungover. It's like, oh, my God, that's the worst lie yeah.
0: that you
2: could have told. It's like a workplace Belle Gibson.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm too worried about them. I don't know, the bad karma. You know, they say like don't,
6: don't lie about
0: if you I remember... To asking for special consideration at uni, or whatever. If mm. you're late with an assignment, yeah. So just say your grandma died, and I'd be like, "Well, no, because then How many if grandma's when that... even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many grandmas have you got? And just something bad in yeah. the water about that. Oh, I mean, that's I a horrible
2: lie. Yeah. Oh, it, it was. I thought maybe it was going to be. Oh, it was a joke. I was sick, but I. But no, they actually tried to get away with it. Try to get away with it until there were
1: just too many questions, <laughs> and then, and um, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> Insane. She didn't last there very long and it was something that we spoke about for a while. But yeah, I yeah, I, I can't imagine coming up with a line just trying to stick with it. But something so dramatic like that. Mm. Um I remember having sick days when I was in high school and that didn't happen that often either. But we lived in the country, so we lived uh, in Blackwood mm. and would get the bus to school and take an hour to get to school. Uh, if we missed the bus, our dad would have to drive us, but dad was working night shifts so he wouldn't get home until like after nine and he was so tired and the drive into Backers Marshall was 20, 25 minutes and mm. sometimes he'd just be like, you know, I'm, I'm just too tired, you're going to stay home today. So that would be our sick day if yeah. we missed the bus. So we missed the bus and we are like,
2: <laughs> yeah. Sick day. I mean, uh, Dad would come home if I was sick, uh, or if, maybe if he left for work and there was like an inkling that someone was angling for a day off. He would come home uh, during the day, during the lunchtime, and touch the back of the television to check that it wasn't work
1: <gasps> No way, mm. really. And you
2: would have to, you would hide in bed and like shut the and like pray that he didn't come in, like the, you know, like you're hiding from the Gestapo.
0: But in, wait, he knew you were staying home?
2: No. Oh. He was I'm looking for he... evidence. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I turn the TV off at like midday, yeah. then it'll cool down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he had reason to believe. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was like Sherlock Holmes trying to bust his truant children.
0: Oh, my God. I remember um, working in hospitality years ago. Um, I was with one other staff member. We were sort of opening the place up and we we're waiting on the third to arrive and... The phone rang and my colleague went out the back and answered it and came back out and she seemed quite shaken and she said um that was Steph she can't come in she was really upset her uh her mum died last night and I was like oh my god and then we, it was this awful panic stations like what did she say and she was oh she was crying on the phone she couldn't say much I was like oh my god that's horrible and then you know word got out like during the day to other staff I miss this is what's happened to Steph it's awful Real real shock didn't know um told the bosses they arranged flowers got sent to her and I was like this is so strange I didn't know if she was unwell or anything I'm going to I don't want to contact her directly now because it's so soon I'm going to go onto her Facebook and and see if there's anything she's written there and she hadn't posted anything and I found her mum's Facebook page and was like I just want to click on it and yeah and just see and (laughs) I accidentally oh no friend
1: requested
0: requested her mum (gasps) (laughs)
5: Oh,
1: no. And I was just like,
0: oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, quickly, like, removed it. But, of course, this is, oh. I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever. And I think a lot of people still got email notifications. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to think I'm this weird, like, voyeur, which is I guess I was being at the <laughs> time. But anyway, and I was just, like, mortified. I thought, that's horrible. Oh, my God, whatever. Um, a few days later, it turned out. Steph's mum hadn't died, her grandma had died and my, you know, co-worker had misheard her on the phone oh. and her grandmother or even her great-grandmother. So, you know, lived a full life, was very old, but still very sad. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, thank God, that's that's really good to know your mum's okay. And then I was like, oh, my God, her mum <laughs> may have seen. This friend and, request. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> Three mutual friends <laughs> that work with her yeah. daughter. Weird.
0: Like, hadn't met her mum before and, like, of, you know,
1: Yeah. anyway,
0: and then her mum every now and then used to come in as a customer um, and never said anything. I was like, okay, thank God, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to bring it up. No. I'm embarrassed about this. Well, three months later, oh, no. <laughs> Steph said to me, do you have my mum on Facebook? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like uh, what? She <laughs> goes, yeah, your mum was like, oh, yeah, um, Moni. For some reason, she, I think Steph had referred to me as Moni. Monnie added me. And she was like, What? She's like, Yeah, Moni. Moni wanted to um, be my friend, but then it, it disappeared. And I was like, Oh, and she's been coming in as a customer all this time, never said anything. And oh. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be friends with your mum. I just thought she was dead. Just, <laughs> I was just fact checking <laughs> your
2: excuse. I'm going to have to take the day off work to recover from that story.
9: Triple. Ah.
1: We were just talking about uh, taking sick days and excuses that people have, getting caught out in lies. And I remember working uh, a few years back and sh- in hospitality and a chef called up and he said, hey, Bobby, um, just calling to let you know that um, unfortunately my dad just passed away today. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He said, no, no, that's okay. So I'm going to be half an hour late.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so-
0: you said to dispose of yeah. the body. will oh, right.
1: be right. He said, I just have to sort a few things out, but I should be there by 6.30. I'm like, are you <laughs> sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like...
2: Sorry for the inconvenience. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Goodness. goodness.
1: Uh, yeah, so he, he ended up coming in just half an hour late. So how was he, he at work? He was okay. He was actually <laughs> fine. I, I said it to um to our boss. I was just like, oh... He's just called up. His dad just passed away. He's like, oh, God, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll sort something out. I said, no, 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 he's he's just running half an <laughs> hour late because of it. he's like, Jesus, is he sure? I was like, yeah. Oh. And he came in and he did, really didn't want to make a big deal of it. I'm just like, hey, I'm sorry to hear. He's like, no, 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 all good, all sorted, sorry, I'm late. And then just wanted to get straight to work. He didn't really want to talk yeah, about it or anything. Yeah. But it's just like,
0: oh, God, I guess... Wow.
2: That is some stiff upper lip. (laughs) Wow. Also, yeah, talking yesterday about people, uh, about looking after people when they're sick and I pride myself on being quick with a bucket and uh, one of the quotes from Dr Jen, which was off air, which was, spew is just food.
0: She did say that, yeah, yeah. Remind me never to eat at Dr Jen's house.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. All right.
0: Thanks for listening to a podcast of the best bits of Breakfasts, which is the Monday to Friday Breakfast Show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Feel free to get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the Triple R website.